This is Film Club. Are you a contender or are you just a bum? Oh. Hello and welcome to this Film Club episode about On the Waterfront, which was our July Film Club film. I chose this film because I've been wanting to rewatch it and it fits the theme. And it has Marlon Brando, mm. who we love, as our title podcast title suggests. <laughs> so this is a very famous film. Um, it is on like the AFI Top 100. It's number 187 in the IMDb Top 250. It won eight Oscars, including Best Picture and Best Leading Actor. Oh, and Best Actress in the mm. Supporting Role. Best Director, Best Writing, Best Cinematography, Best Art Direction, Best Film Editing. And then two nominations for Actor in Supporting Role. Three nominations for Supporting Actors. And also nominated for Best Music. So it really made a big impact when it came out. Big deal for Marlon Brando, I think. I think he won his first Oscar in Streetcar Named Desire. I think so. But this was... Let's see how close... That was 1951. Oh, he was only nominated. I was going to say, I think... Did he win for this one? Mm-hmm. Okay. So is this his first Oscar? Well deserved. Oh, he only won two Oscars for The Godfather and for this. I only thought he won for The Godfather, so I'm glad he won for this as well. So very important film. Maybe it feels like he only won one because he only accepted one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's true. He was not there for The Godfather's Oscar. I love even the credits, I think, are just so creative. Like, they're on burlap sacks, Mm, it looks like. mm -hmm. I thought that was a fun... I don't think... They paid a lot of attention to the credits. Well, they did. They, like, tried to make them pretty, at least. Mm-hmm. And, like, they would have pretty music in the background. I'm thinking of, like, Disney movies. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but they, like, I like that little foreshadowing to the theme of the film. Um, Just Marlon Brando himself is just so fun to see oh, him. So fun. So young in his cute jacket. <laughs> um, I love... When they throw the person off the roof, there's just a fake. Just <laughs> a, a dummy. <laughs> yeah, obviously not a real human being. And when Johnny Friendly picks up Marlon Brando, I don't know why I was... <laughs> when they're in the bar and he's just like, all right! Like, I don't know what he even says, he, but he lifts him up and I was just like, ah! <laughs> Also love the abbreviation D&D. Mm-hmm. means dead and dumb rather than Dungeons and Dragons. Or deaf and dumb, I think. Oh. <laughs> Mine auto autocorrected to dead. Dead and dumb. <laughs> Do you want to be? <laughs> We've got to be dead and dumb. Um, you even messaged me this, but Joey Doyle's dad gave me such a Willem Dafoe vibe. He was so cute. <laughs> it was a spinning image. So cute. I can't look at him and not think of Willem. <laughs> I said just a little hug to get down the fire escape. <laughs> oh, when they're escaping from the church. When they come, oh. and then he's like, don't go that way, and then they go up this, they, like, go up to the roof, uh-huh. and then they're going down the fire escape, but, like, the ladder has to, like, oh. come all the way out, and so she, like, grabs onto him because she's nervous and scared. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, apparently. <laughs> I don't know, I just feel like the word bum is, like, so important to this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, usually you hear it, it's, like, just a stupid word that yeah. no one even uses it anymore, really. Yeah. But it was, like, a really... It's a pivotal word for Yeah. 
to, like, his character and mm-hmm. how everybody, like, he calls the homeless man a bum. Yeah, like, how it perceives. He's just a bum. Yeah. And then later, of course, the famous line that yeah. I already quoted. I kind of, um, to jump in, it's definitely, and I think knowing how it ends, I was a lot more, like, paying attention to it, but, like, at the very beginning, someone says, calls him a bum, and he's like, who's calling me a bum? Mm-hmm. Like, he's so against that Triggered term. Triggered by that word. Yes, because yeah. he just does not feel like associate with that term but then at one point Edie is with a cat that is cockeyed and has six toes apparently <laughs> and the dad calls it a bum like you're you like take care of these and so like the, the cat is kind of like animals. symbolic of terry mm-hmm. and like this whole movie he spends like rejecting actively fighting against being called a bum and then that's like what part of that pivotal moment of that scene of like mm-hmm. he calls himself a bum. He realizes what he is. And he, yeah, like, he just gives up and is, like, dejected in in accepting this reality for himself. Um, yeah, I think he... It's interesting because I did watch the first half with my dad and then he had to leave and then he watched it by himself later. Yes. So he did, he didn't, I don't think he filled out a review. Ugh. (laughs) Ken? But the whole movie, he's, I'd be saying, like, oh, he's so cute! Or, like, I love him! And dad's like, no, he's just, like, some loser guy. Like, because he was watching the character. I was watching Marlon Brando. Right, right. But, like, but that's... But even, even the character is, like, sympathetic, I think. He's a sympathetic figure. But that's just kind of who, like, the character is working for the mob, and he's, like, doesn't, hasn't really done anything with his life, and, mm-hmm. like, mm. kind of, he's obviously not super educated, and right. not super, like, he is charismatic, but... Not in the way that you, like, usually in that doesn't have the riz. Yeah. (laughs) Well, obviously he has enough. He gets the girl, but... um... Oh, I'm so excited to just break this whole movie down. But yeah, that's... I love that word. I love when he's first walking with... What's her name? Edie? Mm Mm-hmm. And he, like, takes her glove and puts it on. I yes! feel like that... Is that, like, an improvised moment? So I I put it under my funny moments, because I think I was, like, texting someone, I looked back up, and I was like, why does he have a glove on? <laughs> like, I didn't see the whole interchange. And I'll talk about this a little bit more when we talk about Marlon's acting, but, yeah, that whole thing was just improvised, and they, like, mm-hmm. thought it was so fun and natural, mm-hmm. they just, like, kept it in. Because mm-hmm. you, like, see her, like, trying to grab it yeah, from him Yeah, she seems times. awkward about it. yeah. She's, like, so confused why he's taking it, which I think, like, fits, yeah. like, for their characters. Like, a real person would do that. Yeah. But it's just, just I love it. It's so funny. Such a cute choice. <laughs> yeah. And it matches, like, when he had the cat as Marlon. I mean, right. It's a very Marlon. Uh-huh. Just, a like, a Hold little a tiny thing. Yeah. yeah. that matches the character. Use a prop. But, yeah, I also liked how Edie, she loves these creatures that need, that need love. Mm-hmm. She's always looking out for the neglected people. Um, so she kind of helps, I don't know, and, like, not, no one else really wants to help him, except right. they just want to use him, mm-hmm. so the fact that she's, like... And it feels very earnest, like, it doesn't feel like pity, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. It feels genuine. But then, because she shows him that love, I think is why it's transformative. he's able to yeah. realize who he is and what he wants to do with his life. Right, because and... I think he's he's put in this moral quandary he's like is starting to like think more seriously about mm-hmm. like his life and like right and wrong and like what is moral and she is like able to facilitate the courage to like continue down that path mm-hmm. i also love there's one phrase i think they call his brother what's his brother's name charlie charlie a butcher in a camel hair coat mm. that 
there's these like really fancy guys, mm-hmm. but but underneath deep down they're just butchers. The language is so fun. Like it is very I don't know maybe it's just become campy a little bit or like very cartoonish. It's old, yeah. But I just like love the dialogue. Like mm-hmm. it just made me so happy. <laughs> I know it's like so typical, like gangster. Yes. I don't know. I feel like the Sting kind of tried to do that. Yeah. With Intimate, their... Not intimidate. Im- imitate. <laughs> yeah, with their script. Because it was just this really old language yes. that you're like, I don't even know what that means. Well, yeah. But I think this was actually maybe how they A talked. A little bit more. In, yeah. At least in this, like... The Ford 54 or Yeah, 40s. and that group of people working mm-hmm. on the waterfront in, in New, New York. Jersey. Yeah. Um, I also love the symbolism with the pigeons and the hawks. Yes. There's a quote some... Someone says, you know, this city is full of hawks. Yeah, Terry says that. Because uh-huh. talk- she's like, why do you keep pigeons? And he's like, oh, they're like, they need to be protected. And like, the city's full of hawks. And so you just like, you get this underlying message of like, he's not corrupt. You right. know? Like, right. He cares. He also cares for like, the under Yeah, he, he and Edie have like, similar mm-hmm. viewpoints. Even though his is like, much more deeply buried. Um... My other shout-outs are when he says, Dink! (laughs) I died! So, so so cute cute when he taps her glass with hers, and she's just like, what the heck? (laughs) And definitely! Definitely! The first time we watched this together, there's like You thought it was so funny. And like, I feel like I missed it, and so this time when I watched it again, it was cracking me up every time. So random. Donnie Friendly's talking to Terry about... Oh, he says, it's an unhealthy relationship. And then this guy who's been in the background hasn't said a single word the whole time just yells, definitely. <laughs> and I, he does it a couple times. He does. It's it's his go-to line. It's so funny. Definitely. <laughs> and the way he says it. <laughs> I don't know why Marlon Brando was kind of reminding me of Wink. Just, like, kind of awkward, like, a little bit of an accent. Oh, my gosh. Kind of, like, I don't know, Link kind of gives this vibe that's, like, he acts like he's really dumb. But, but like, he's he not. graduated yeah. in mechanical engineering. Right. Like, he's a smart guy. It's definitely played up, for sure. Right. Another thing I wanted to bring up was when he's confessing to Edie mm. for the first time after he's talked to the priest. And it's just, like, blow horns. Mm-hmm. Like, you can see his mouth moving. And you know, like, she can't hear what he's saying or, like... Or I think you, they are, like, they're communicating, but, but like, we're we not part of it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just really interesting they decided to do that, that this is a private moment between them. Yeah. And mm. you don't know exactly how he's trying to explain it or not. Right. I don't know. I was trying to figure out why they made that choice. Mm. And I do, like, all the sounds of the waterfront. Like, mm-hmm. at that, in that scene, I feel like they added a lot of the noise and just, the it, sound it felt editing. very real. Yeah. Um, another word... Or another, like, symbol in the film is hooks. Mm-hmm. Like, they are, they've they used the phrase, like, they got their hooks in him. Uh-huh. He's always, they're using hooks to move the stuff around on His the dock. His comfort hook. <laughs> yeah, he carries the hook with him when he's, at the end, when he's really mad. I don't know why I wrote down Palookaville. <laughs> <laughs> they, they mentioned that at some point. I thought that was weird. I think my favorite shot is after, when they're yelling out at him, like, Terry Malone, come out, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he Your walks out. Your brother Charlie wants to talk to uh-huh. you. And the truck goes past, and then you see Charlie's body with, like, a oh, spotlight on it. Yes. And it's just, I think it's beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Just so heartbreaking. And it's, like, in the very distance of the shot. Like, it's not a close-up. Right. It's not, like, a zoom It's not in. a jarring. It's, it's just, like, like, 
quietly there, but in a, like, a reveal to a quiet... It's almost like, because there's obviously a lot of Christian Catholic symbolism Mm -hmm. throughout the film, Mm -hmm. but it is a little bit, like, cross Mm -hmm. in some ways, Mm -hmm. you know? Oof, so haunting. And I don't feel like I picked up on this until I was doing, like, a little bit more research. But Charlie was second in command of the... Mm-hmm. I had the mafia. Like, I didn't realize that. So to have him just killed, like, no right. second... Not even thinking about it. Oh, it's so heavy. Michael J. Skelly? Is that Johnny Friendly's real name? Maybe. I wrote, his name is Michael J. Skelly? Wither the Frank? <laughs> because it changed Wither. Wither. <laughs> That's gonna be my new... Wither the Frank. Wither the Frank! <laughs> Oh, yeah, instead of Johnny Friendly, like, in the movie. I thought you were saying the actor's name, but yeah, his no, real name in the he film. he just goes by Johnny Friendly yeah. for, like, his mob persona, his... Well, that he owns the bar. Right. I thought... I did not appreciate Dugan's death, but that was stupid. <laughs> that he just gets... The way that they killed him, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he should not have been... It should not have killed him. Like, you think they should have been a more brutal murder? They shouldn't have been staged as an accident? No, just the way, like, he was the only one, like, how it happened, it's just, I feel like it was... Yeah, a little unbelievable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is a little, like, the editing at that part is a little interesting, yeah. because it feels like it happened so slowly. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, it's falling, and then you get everyone's reaction shots, where Marlon's like, <laughs> get out of the way, but, like, it should have already <laughs> yeah. fallen. I don't know, uh-huh. just, like, the way it was edited together is maybe... Not the best. And maybe it's because I'd seen it before, so I knew that he was going to die already. Yeah. So I was just like, <laughs> Like, that was totally an avoidable death. Mm-hmm. I feel like they could have made it, a, but it had to look like an accident. But it didn't look like an accident. <laughs> like, like, they They're like, everybody else, dropped it on Everyone him. else, stay over here. Okay. <laughs> Dugan, stay right there in the middle. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I also was very disappointed in Johnny Friendly's gang that they killed Charlie's brother the night before the subpoena. Like, I know. Have you seen Godfather 2? They're too You foolish. use the brother so that they don't testify against uh-huh, you. Uh huh. They were stupid. These are idiot mobsters. <laughs> Michael Corleone is the best mobster. <laughs> oh, it broke my heart that his, like, nice suit had a hole in it. Oh. I think it's when the police are escorting him back to his house and he's like, stop following me. Mm. And then he's like, you can see his jacket has a hole in it. I want to talk about killing the pigeons and, like, the little boy. Oh, I know. Like, why did he do that? It's the cycles of violence, right? Like, because he goes, he's with the boys, and he's, like, asking, like, should I rat on them, essentially? And they're like, no. <laughs> Which is just interesting, because it's like, and even after he does, everyone on the waterfront treats him so differently. Because mm-hmm. I'm, like, over here being like, yeah, you yeah justice is served like Mm -hmm. you put him in their place you spoke out that was so courageous and everyone hates him everyone is disappointed in him yeah and feels like he's yeah even when like everyone on the waterfront is against the gang like they don't support the gang so why aren't they happy that he just took him down and i feel like that is partially because like it's revealed how he was involved in joey's death you Mm, know whereas maybe so so it's like a little bit of like betrayal and shock at like oh you were a part of this, you have blood on your hands. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a little bit more, for the rest of the dock workers, I feel like it's more of, like, we can't trust you because, mm-hmm. like, you were a part of the gang. But then, like... You confessed to being part of the gang. Yeah, and then, but then if you confessed against them, like, I, I love the ending because Marlon is so alone and, like, mm-hmm. on every level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't get picked. He's, like, abandoned by everybody, by the gang, by the other people on the dock. 
but but yeah when he's like talking to the other boys and they're like no never rat never you're the one who started this club like you know loyalty and so i think they just like saw as betrayal of like these gang values which is so (laughs) but it is just like these cycles of violence right Right. that persist and ingrained in the children it starts when you're a kid yeah and then it like the innocent are the ones that suffer Mm -hmm. and like but the child is also innocent you know what i mean like so it's oh I forgot about that. I was like, this <laughs> child, how dare you? I know, I can't believe he did that. Because oh, it hurts so when it's just the one that gets thrown at him. Oh, it's like so painful. But then when he goes and all of They're them are dead, dead. And he's like, why would they do that? Like, he's not even mad. Mm-hmm. He's like so disappointed. I think he like sees the the damaging society and mm-hmm. the where he's caught. I also love the phrase, I was riding on myself all those years. Mm. And just like the... I feel like they also use the word ratting a lot. And mm-hmm. Rats. And then you lost the battle, but do you have the guts to win the war? Mm-hmm. I love that part because it feels like a very suspenseful choice that, like, filmmakers continue to use of, like, not showing you what's happening. Like, you hear the noises and you see people, like, around, but you don't see. And I'm like, is it because it was violent? And so they, like, is mm-hmm. it against the Hayes Code to, like, mm-hmm. include depictions of violence? I feel like it's much more shocking and, like gripping to just to, be hearing, to be hearing it and just being like oh my gosh who's beating up who who's winning like right they're gonna kill him yeah he's dying yeah yeah i don't know what the connection is to jesus but like when he's he has to walk alone yes yeah no just surrounded by everybody it totally very christ like it's yeah he's not like a christ figure in the like for the duration of the film like in mm-hmm. the sense of like innocent and mm-hmm dies and comes back but like being lifted back up especially like with Edie and the priest like helping him it's like totally Mm -hmm. deposition Mm -hmm. kind of you know and totally like the walking so he does like rise to become a bit of a Christ figure Mm -hmm. my favorite scene is when Johnny Friendly is being rude to Pop again and then he pushes him in the water and everybody is like (laughs) I like had to rewind and be like did that just happen (laughs) I I went back and watched it again, too, because it's just, that's so fun. And, like, Pop is the one, like, he lost his son. Right. Like, he's been suffering all these years under the mob. Like, this is his moment Mm -hmm. that he can finally get revenge. And it is just interesting how the society has learned to just live with Mm -hmm. They just accept it. Like, the mom who was like, this is how they called out for my son when he died. And she's just, like, omnipresent of, like... Mm-hmm. this is a cycle this is repeating this is this will never end yes and yeah. that, like pain is prevalent in this society and the jacket that keeps getting passed around of mm-hmm. like hey joey can't use this like you use yeah, it and then he's yeah. like oh then you take my jacket and it's mm-hmm. like this community helping each other but it's just like always going to be destroyed mm-hmm. by violence and by greed i do have to give a shout out to some of the people i recognized the priest. I was like, I know this guy. Who is he? And he's just like in other Marlin films. Like he's, he's in that. He's the sheriff. Yeah, in like the Twenty One Jacks or whatever. The, really bad. The awful film. Western movie. <laughs> so I'm just like, I know him, but I don't really. Johnny Friendly is in Twelve Angry Men. Uh-huh. Um, so I like as soon as he's on screen, I'm like, hey, Arbogast from Psycho, <laughs> is the the detective. Oh. He's in. Um, he's one of the reporters or like the the law guys. One of the he's, guys he's always to... in the back. Uh-huh. He's not the one that like talks okay. to Marlon, but the one that's like lingering. <laughs> <laughs> and then 
uh, Edie is Eva Marie Saint. She's in North by Northwest. She's the oh, main. Okay. So I love her in this, though. I think she does such a good I job. I think this is her... I don't know. When did Psycho come out? It's 60. I think this was maybe her debut. Ooh. But she wasn't in Psycho, was she? I mean, North by Northwest. Oh, okay. What year is I North think... By North... I don't know. It might have been 50s. For some reason, she feels so much younger. I mean, her character in this is like... 59. Okay. It's just so funny because I feel like she's like young. Yeah. Late teens, and early she's 20s. Not and then, that way in North Carolina. Yeah, she's like a mature woman. <laughs> <laughs> I love when they say, Hiya, slugger. I just like love the language so right. much. And then also at the very beginning, there's a point when he says, Well, listen, don't worry. And I was like, That is such a veto right there. Like the way that he says it. I love it. And maybe it sounds a little bit like um, James Can as well, James Con. Yeah. But just, like, the way that he was, like, his mannerism. I was like, Vito! I see him! Little baby Vito! Oh my gosh. When they're at the bar and, like, the Frankenstein guy comes, he just has, like, the biggest head. Oh, yeah. He, like, pops in. I was like, oh my gosh. And he's never seen again. Yeah, he's so scary. (laughs) Also, it stressed me so much after he's been injured and he's just lying face down in the water and they come and they like jostle him so much and like his broken bones oh, like this I is know. not okay this is not you're going to injure him more <laughs> um i do love the scramble on the waterfront at the beginning when they're like trying to get work and then he just throws the chips and how edie like gets involved mm-hmm. i feel like edie is such i'll talk about her later actually i'm all over the place <laughs> are you on the level like i just love the dialogue right I can't the way that it. they like communicate yeah like the gang members versus the rest of the right team too, or the group of people. I also thought it was so interesting when at the end, and they're talking about Terry with Charlie, and they're like talking about how he's with Edie so much, and just like is he on the level? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like kind of like talking about killing him or not, and they're and Charlie is like so caught and so stressed, and then casually in the background they're just like talking about placing bets on horses, like. This is just not, it's so interesting to see that. They don't even think about it. For the mob, like, killing people is not a weighty, hard thing. Mm -hmm. And here's Charlie, like, his brother. Yeah. They've never had that situation before. Yes. It just was, like, so, the juxtaposition of those was, Mm -hmm. like, heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the contender scene. It's such a standout scene in the film, and it has been parodied, and, like, it's the Mm -hmm. most famous line, you know? That's everybody knows. Yeah, Yeah. And so, like, it could have lost some of its like gravitas but like watching it oh you feel it it's It's so so sad sad. like oh man like this boy has just been used by his own family and the only family he has really yes it doesn't talk about does it talk about his parents i don't think so oh well it does because they were orphans i think Mm. unless i'm conflating it with another movie i've just watched (laughs) but i like feel like he talked about being in a boy's home or something yeah go to the boy's home (laughs) (laughs) buy a bucket (laughs) And it also gave me some flick vibes when he's Aww. standing up all injured and oh. standing up to the guy. So good. <laughs> You're wrong, I'm Hopper. like, is a bug's life influenced by On the Waterfront? <gasps> I think it, it is. It could be. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> Anything's possible. Some of my favorite takeaways, but Edie is very, but that's what makes people mean and difficult. People don't care enough about them. Mm. Like just such a different way of mm-hmm. interpreting harshness in life and like rude people just so hard to like love someone who's like putting out so much negativity you know i also love the isn't everybody a part of everybody else like oof that hits deep i love that so much also something that the priest is very much always purporting is silence is violence 
mm-hmm. and just like the importance of standing just up standing and standing by and not doing anything talking about out it. which is like totally a something for our our day as well I think mm-hmm. um that I'm not always the best at just how easy it is to like to not do anything yeah or not speak out also very much focused on like workers rights and the, uh, I don't know like I haven't researched enough into it but the the director it's of? because I like was reading on Letterboxd yeah. that some people don't like this film because so he like what is it McCarthyism mm-hmm. where they like would we're hunting down yeah, and he accused people of being communists. Right. And then they got mad at him for speaking out, so then this was his response to them, being mm. like, look, you gotta stand out for it. But up then up. they were like, Paul, you're like, right. standing but, out for something stupid. And, like, McCarthyism is, like, extreme. Yeah, right? like, yeah. Like, you're, you're <laughs> not accusing at all these this. people of stupid things that, yeah. yeah. Um, but it is a very strong take on, like, workers' rights and, like, mm-hmm. exposing corruption in the workplace. Um, it also is, like, a very interesting breakdown of morality and grappling with morality. Also this uh, story arc of redemption and combating evil systems. So there's so much we could talk about there. But I want to just talk about some of my favorite technical things and then I'll have covered all my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Leonard Bernstein, his music, so mm-hmm. good. It really adds another level of deep meaning especially in that contender scene like mm-hmm. I don't even notice the music like that's how much it is like in sync with it Marlon's is. emotions it's so good um Martin Scorsese, Scorsese I watched an interview of him talking about how important this film is to him because it's like such a different depiction of New York than had ever really been done before especially during the 1950s because a lot of the films were very focused on escapism and like hyper reality is it New York like, or New Jersey he said New York. I don't know. It might be New Jersey, but you know, the waterfront along. Because <laughs> I thought when we went to New York, we were like, eh, this oh, isn't really something Oh, it's in New Jersey. Because to... I remember quoting it. Right, but we were like, but we were eh, like, it's not really a New not York quite. movie. Just like the, the clothing yeah. and the... And it's the same area. Talking and yeah. the, yeah, just how all of it felt very grounded. Marlon is so beautiful. I put that in my technical notes. <laughs> <laughs> he, I like can't not watch it and just be like, oh, smitten. He is so beautiful. Oh. So handsome in this one. But this is not something I realized until we watched the documentary. Call me, Mar- I don't know. Call, Call me, me by, by your name. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like, that's another movie. I think it's Call Me By My Name Marlon or something like that. Whoa. Um, anyway, that he was such a champion of the Stanislavski acting method, which... Stanislavski is a Russian acting teacher who, I don't know, people kind of conflate. Listen to me, Marlon. Listen to me. I was nothing like, about call me by my name, Miss Marlon. <laughs> <laughs> don't call me nothing else. <laughs> but I think people, and I could be wrong, I'm not an acting theory expert, but I think people conflate method acting mm-hmm. with Stanislavski. And I feel like method acting, as it's colloquially known, is a little different. Where, like, you think of uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, who is like, he is Lincoln. In the role for he's Lincoln the duration at any the point, film. not yeah. even when it's rolling. And I feel like Stanislavski is a lot more just based in like you are using your own experiences and your own feelings to like bring the character to life. Mm. And that's just like not a thing <laughs> until there's a couple other people who started doing Stanislavski, but Marlon Brando really popularized it, and like you can tell, like mm-hmm. he is different than all the other actors. Mm-hmm. Like the other actors do a good job, and like uh, the preceding years of acting isn't bad it's just different like it does seem very like like you're acting like it's you're putting on something yeah yeah or like it's you you're a quirky Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. person. And so, like, you are being typecast in these roles because you can play that right. well. And, again, it's not that the other actors aren't good. Like, I really enjoy most of the performances, but, like, Marlon just outshines the rest. And it is just this, like, ooh, you could just tell. <laughs> right. Like, Spencer Tracy, I, the movies I've seen of him... Oh my, he won so many. Bing Crosby. Yeah, it's just like... It's, he's like oh, the same... Jimmy Stewart. And that's the thing. Jimmy Stewart, I think, does fall into that same category of... Being Because they're, they're kind like of the same silly. character in each film a yeah. little bit. They're, it does have some nuance. And again, it doesn't mean that this is a lesser form of acting, that their right. performances aren't as good or as meaningful. It's just like a different theor- theoretical way of, pr- of approaching acting. But, like, you, I don't know. I think that's one of the reasons why this movie is so important, important. is because it is this, like, mm-hmm. watershed moment of a different kind of acting, because that is how acting has switched now. Like, a mm-hmm. lot of people use Stanislavski. Right. Um, but, yeah. Oh, like, at any moment. And I think that's just what is so gripping about it is even when he's not talking, when he's just listening, when he's just in the background, like, his performance is so captivating. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, I could just watch him for hours. Like, so, so good. There's just so much going on right. in his head. Right, It's so fun to watch him. Yes. And it really adds to the complicated character of Terry. Mm-hmm. He's not, because you said, like, he's uneducated, but he's not, like, a simpleton. Like, there's a right. lot of depth to him. He knows what's going on. And... Yeah, like, you see him as he's a part of this underworld in a lot of ways, and he's a prize fighter, so he, like, he is involved in the world of violence. He feels so innocent and young, and, like, Mm -hmm. him caring for the pigeons, Mm -hmm. befriending these little boys, Mm -hmm. and, like, just, like, having them help take care of the pigeons. (laughs) Like, it's just so sweet. And, like, even when Edie's there, he's, like, kind of messing with her, but then he, like, part of it is because he helped kill Joey, and it's her brother. But, like, he still gives her the chip. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, like... Ugh. And just, like, the way that he treats Edie. There's so much when they're walking and he's like, hey, we gotta get home because there's, like, guys out here who only want one thing. And, like, you know, he's not... He is a little aggressive to her <laughs> and at points in the films. Yeah, seems a little bit of a predator sometimes. But, like, also is respectful of her at times or just, like, I don't know, really appreciates mm-hmm. what she has to say mm-hmm. and, like, really values. Takes it to heart, yeah. He's, like, a big softy, but he's just, like, caught in this awful world. Yeah. Um, he has this pressure to be this, like, tough guy. Yeah. And it's be- not only, like, just because of where he lives, but the family ties, too, mm-hmm. with Charlie. And it, it kind of becomes, like, this point of survival in some ways of, like, he has no other options, really. And so, like, this is what he has to do. And it's so fun to watch him start to reason things out and question things and, like grapple with mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. his life mm-hmm. Ugh, and Marlon just does such a beautiful job with that I also love all the sh- like character building shots like there's so many times where he is talking to someone through the cage of the pigeons and like he's always like fenced in and he's like separated and mm. alone that's such a motif throughout the whole film because I was thinking about caged animals they're trapped people come and ogle at them in some ways like at the zoo and just like at the end, how he is, like, he's alone, but everyone is staring Everyone's at him. Everyone's watching Yes. Him. Everyone runs to see, like, oh, he's going to go talk to them. Or right, yeah. What are they going to do? So just, like, the hard position that he's in that way and how that's just layered throughout the film. 
Also, just really cool establishing shots of the dock. Mm. That was the other thing someone else pointed out in one of my, uh, one of the commentaries I watched. There's so many shots, like, looking up and looking down and just, like, how that feeds into all these themes of morality and, like, Mm -hmm. redemption and falls and when the priest is down below talking up to everybody and, like, everyone's throwing stuff at him. So good. And, and that's the thing too is like sometimes during the movie because of the dialogue because of like some of the like goofier mob personas it can seem like a little bit of a like a floofy funny movie but Marlon's performance lends this gravitas the serious tone that just completely takes it to another level oh I just love it it was I'm so glad you picked it because it was so I like remembered it but this rewatch like really cemented it as one of my favorites watching it again also just really helps you understand what's going on a lot better yes the first time I watched it I was like but why like why do they have to wait for him to get like why is he so important to right. these people? And yes. Yeah, like, what... Why can't why they go to work Why is he just without... walking in, yeah. making it such a big deal? Right. And who's who, and, and why are they killing this person? Yeah, like, I right. feel like the first time I was like, this is pretty good, but a lot of it went over my head. Right. <laughs> On the, the point of them not being smart mafia men is when he testified... And then Johnny Friendly, like, went up and was like, I'm gonna kill you! I'm like, why are you admitting your guilt? Like, (laughs) let the lawyers do their job. And, like... (laughs) He... I don't know how he was in power for so long. (laughs) Johnny Friendly is stupid. Although... The picture that they have in multiple places around the bar. I don't even know who that guy is, but we are. I was like, is he the governor? (laughs) We are recreating it. Okay, we'll throw it over to our listeners. Favorite characters? Terry, aka the Pigeon Man. (laughs) One person called him that. Terry Malloy, Avi. I think we had six votes for Terry. And then the priest got two votes, three votes. Yeah. Father Barry. Wow. So they were the only, I forgot to talk about Edie really briefly. I feel like she is such a, an interesting character too, because I feel like she is not this like damsel in distress Mm -hmm. or this like weak woman. Like Mm -hmm. I feel like she's a great female character. The only part I hate is when he like comes and like breaks down her door and and then she's just like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only part that I'm like, "Mm, this is my, this is not my favorite (laughs) depiction of women. But the rest of it, I was like, oh, I really like her. (laughs) Oh, so. So when a man breaks down your door, you let him kiss you. <laughs> then you say, and okay. You, you fall in love. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if it was Barlin. <laughs> yeah, I feel like so many people were like telling her not to do things or like that she wasn't supposed to be there. She should go back to mm-hmm. the to Go back school. to the sisters. Yeah. And she just was like, no, I'm figuring this out. So I really liked her. Did you have a favorite character? Of course, Marlon, but yes. also Pops. Yeah. Willem Dafoe. <laughs> and uh, definitely Guy. Definitely. <laughs> Yeah, I would say probably Terry and Edie. The priest, I have conflicting feelings about him because I feel like he's great and I do kind of like his complicated relationship with Terry where he's not like this like loving guy that he's like so done with the system and so done that he's just like, nope, you're gonna figure it out. You gotta figure it out on yourself, you know? I don't know that that's like a great example for a priest (laughs) to inhibit that but or to embody that, but I I thought it made for some really interesting moments. Yeah. And in some ways, like, I think Terry respected him a little bit more in that way because he would like keep coming back for advice and Mm -hmm. stuff. All right. Favorite scenes, the priest's speech, the wild wedding party, (laughs) when Friendly goes swimming in the water. When Terry and Edie are dancing at the wedding, they were not invited to. (laughs) The car ride with Charlie is an all-timer for a reason. Terry and Edie on the roof talking through the chicken wire, metaphor, about pigeons and hawks. Allegory. Famous cab scene. I could have been a contender and final seed. (gasps) Am I on my feet? Oh, Marlon. Can't even tell. (laughs) When Terry and Edie are walking home and he's putting on her glove while they are talking. Did you, you said you had a favorite scene. Mine was in Pops Pushes. That's right. (laughs) Into the water and everyone cheers. (laughs) Oh... I mean, the contender scene is, like, 
unparalleled. It's so good. I do also love the priest speech. I, I when we were watching it, I was like, oh, am yes. I feeling the spirit? Like, yeah, no. And he's like talking about like Christ at yeah. the docks and stuff. No, uh-huh. it's so good. And I, I do just kind of like Marlon in, in the background of certain scenes, mm-hmm. just like figuring things out. So, oh, so good. Favorite aspects of the film. We have different camera angles, like you talked about. Acting. This is apparently a top-notch performance by Marlon Brando, and I liked the priest. The black and white added to the grittiness of the film for me, as well as the stark contrast between right and wrong. I was sad about the lack of respect to hardworking people and when all the birds were killed. Stark symbol. Love the directing and writing, but the acting is off the charts good. Um, Marlon Brando. His acting didn't seem like he was acting. He was so natural and real. And his performance and approach influenced and changed the acting world, like you said. The acting was great, the cinematography and sound was great. It was strong in all film aspects worthy of all the Oscars. I feel like we talked about ours. <laughs> yes. Okay, what's the takeaway or lesson you gained from watching this film? The interconnectedness of humans. I read a book about the culture among socioeconomic classes back in Boston when Whitey Bulger was the boss of neighborhoods, and it sounded kind of awful, and that's what this movie reminded me of. How powerful and pervasive the influence of the culture you are in is on you. How hard it is in society in general to stand up for truths. Evil people just live to keep grinding you down. It's hard to stand up for yourself and others, especially when your sibling threatens to kill you. <laughs> oh, I just, I, I feel like we didn't even really, I mean, what can we say that other people haven't about that scene? But right. I love when he pulls the gun out and he's just like, oh, Charlie. Yeah. Like, he's just so disappointed. Right. He's not even, like, scared or sad. Shocked. It's just like, and then, like, for Charlie to just, I don't know, like, of course that's what he needs to do, but just let him he go. knows the consequences mm-hmm. of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Do it to him before he does it to you. <laughs> Even at the risk of losing everything, having the courage to do what is right. And if you want someone to stay loyal to you, don't kill his brother. <laughs> All right. I think this first one is from Catherine. Wow, little Vito. So this is how he got his start as a mobster, huh? <laughs> that's another thing my dad kept saying. He was like, so he was against the mob and then he became the mob. <laughs> Terry is different than Vito. I know. It's just interesting that he was kind of always cast into these uh-huh. mob adjacent. Right. But what is interesting, because I feel like the Godfather, it wasn't the obvious, like he wasn't the obvious choice. They right. Had to fight Everyone for them was too. shocked. Yeah. Yeah. And he did such a good job. Whereas in hindsight, we're like, of course. <laughs> <laughs> he was in his little kim- kimono with his yes! man bun and they're like, this is Vito Corleone. <laughs> I love him. Um, some moments I liked were Edie's thoughts, or maybe the priest talked about this, about how we are all connected and what happens to one of us affects the rest of us. Kind of interesting to think about this, um, in context of Johnny Friendly, too. I think it's easy to worry about the underdogs or struggling people, but then to flip it towards those who are perpetuating inequality and that we shouldn't necessarily shun them or label them as purely evil people who need to be disposed of. Obviously, their actions need to be stopped, but seeing the other as human can be difficult when it's a villain. She also mentioned caring about others and how badly people need that. I like the priest's speech, and it definitely caused me to reflect on what my silence may be contributing to or what problems of the world I'm complicit with because it benefits me. Definitely uncomfortable to think about, but necessary. Biz and I had fun narrating about the pigeons. <laughs> I love how clearly Johnny's coop was marked. Obviously, the part where Terry breaks into Edie's room and forcefully kisses her is problematic. Didn't love the West Side Story vibe romance there. As someone tells... Also, someone tell me what I've seen John Friendly in. (laughs) 12 Angry Men. He looks so familiar. Oh, update. I just looked him up and I'm quite certain it's in 12 Angry Men. (laughs) Yes. He's the, like, the last holdout in 12 Angry Men. He's the mean guy. Yeah. That just wants to watch baseball. (laughs) 
that like at the end spoilers if you haven't seen 12 angry men that is like i'm gonna kill you and then he's like oh see gotcha <laughs> <laughs> can you explain how terry walking up to the foreman or whoever at the end managed to reunite reignite the union wasn't too clear on that and it was fun to see where the line i could have been a contender came from i think it's like all these people who've tried time and time again to stand up against the mob just get silenced and killed and so here's another example of someone doing it and is he going to be silenced and killed? But, like, mm-hmm. no, he's strong enough to continue. The, so, like, everybody now has that, like... They're not afraid that if they stand up, they're going to be silenced and yeah. killed. Yeah, or just, like, the inspiration of, like, oh, my gosh, this man is, like, literally literally beaten in, into a pulp, like, with an inch of his life, and he's still walking. He's, st- like, I don't know, just, like, the inspiration of that, I think. Yeah, I think, well, yeah, one of the main problems with the movie is that you are so alone. Mm -hmm. And then the fact that he's still so alone and not having any support from everyone and he still is able to succeed Mm -hmm. is what inspires everybody. Right. knows that, okay, even if no one has my back, like, this guy did it, I can do it too. Because there's so many rallying cries from the priest, especially, like, when he brings everyone into the church and is like, we should do this. And it's like, oh, if everybody did it, like... They then I would do it. Yeah, yeah, like, they couldn't hold us back. But you see Dugan finally get inspired to do it, and what do they do? They kill him. So it's, like, silence is survival in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. And so this, this was is... an important moment for them to overcome that fear. Yeah, a break from the norm. Okay, the next one is from Annie. This is a powerful film that trains the camera lens on the gritty occupation of dock workers with a mob boss who uses deadly violence to enforce his rules. Marlon Brando is a magnetic and commanding presence on the screen and does show several facets of his character, Terry, who could otherwise be very one-dimensional. I thought the priest turned in a stellar acting performance as well. Some of his turns made me laugh because they didn't seem very priestly. Fun fact, he looked familiar to me the whole movie, and I finally figured it out and confirmed it on IMDb post-movie. He plays a priest, another one, in Pollyanna, the classic Disney movie that if neither one of you have seen, you should immediately, but immediately add to the list (laughs) have you seen it i haven't either it's one i always hear about and i'm like me (laughs) so perhaps or next year for our listener submitted (laughs) submit that one (laughs) i hated that the pigeons had to die and also didn't love how evie edie was treated while they had great chemistry i didn't like how terry burst into her room and never seemed to listen or answer her questions i did laugh out loud at some aspects Like when Terry was confessing to Edie and the whistle kept blowing. That felt so chaotic and dramatic. I would have liked to hear the actual conversation without the whistle. Could she really hear him or could she not? What was the point of that boat whistle? Please weigh in. I feel like we kind of... We talked about Um, But I will just say, like, hating that the pigeons had to die. Like, you hate that all the people had to die. And it's Mm -hmm. just, ugh, so good. To conclude, it was fun to see the famous I could have been a contender scene, but overall, this movie was a straightforward hero flick. It's more middle of the road for me, an opinion I know won't be popular among such Brando aficionados. I'm excited to hear more about this film and be swayed or convinced in my views. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, I see what, what you're what she's saying. Um, I think when I think of like the hero's journey, he's like not a hero, but you know. Right, he's an anti-hero at mm-hmm. first. He's part of the... He is the enemy at first. Yeah. He's complicit in these murders. And... It's really like a redemption story. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to say with Catherine's, the point about Johnny Friendly, like, how easy it would be to just, like, despise him and hate him. Mm-hmm. And, like, making Edie's comment about, like, loving everybody and, like, loving those who are the worst and 
yeah, it, it's so tricky because you're like, well, he needs to be brought to justice for mm-hmm. what he's doing and done and the horrible things he's done, but that doesn't make him like, I don't know, it's so complicated, right? right? <laughs> so you're like, oh, but he has to pay in some ways for like what he, the lives that he disrupted. So, oh, so good. All right, the next one is from Deb. I'm glad that I saw it. It was certainly not one I would be drawn to to watch, but it is a powerful movie. I could have been a contender. <laughs> I'm like, is everybody, po- I think everyone's pointing out this scene because it's so famous, but I'm like, right. if it hadn't been so famous, would people like would still love it as much? <laughs> I hope so, because it's kind of the high point. Okay, this is from Biz. On the Waterfront was a dark film. Terry had a rough life. I appreciated that he kept caring for the pigeons, even if it was because he felt guilty. Father Barry was most unhelpful. (laughs) (laughs) The way he stirred the people, the hearts. Convinced Marlon, too. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I think he did take care of Johnny's pigeons. But, like, he had his own coop as well. Not Johnny, Joey. Didn't he? I feel like Joey had his, and then, yeah, he has his own pigeons. So he wasn't just taking care of the pigeons because of Joey. He was already doing that here. Um, next is from Ryan. Wow, I'd seen this many years ago and liked Brando, but that was about all I took away from it. This movie still holds up in almost every way. Brando is a master, but the writing is perfectly paced to let him show you his emotions without hitting you over the head with them. It's fascinating to basically watch him invent modern method acting. Lee Cobb, Carl Malden, and Eva Marie Saint all add to what is a solid, tight script. So rewatchable. I love a good story about conscience that was apparently very personal to Kazen, sure. <laughs> the director. It's so great to find a film made so many years ago that feels so alive and fresh. We were talking about it as well, and it was just like, oh, if it was made today, like, it would still hold the same. Mm-hmm. It feels like a movie that could have been made today in right. a lot of ways. Oh, this is from George. Fact-based, it won eight Academy Awards. Uh, oh, this is Eva Marie Saint's film debut. Did you say that? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I said that. Version. <laughs> I thought you were just talking about whether she came in North by Northwest first or not. Mish Deb. No, this was her first movie. The screenplay featured quick, easy dialogue, but you have to know your longshoreman lingo and really pay attention. The cinematography was gritty and dark, conveying life on the docks and the inner inner turmoil Terry faced. New York was hazy and obscured by fog until the end when the cityscape is clearly visible. And what a cast. See? I'm like, was it filmed in New Jersey? And that's why we got confused. I'm so interested. Hoboken. Oh, that is New Jersey. Created in Hoboken. Vaguely New Jersey, New York. (laughs) (laughs) Terry's character, a tough fighter on the outside, but reflective and caring, cares about pigeons and them not catching cold, protecting them from the hawks. A few favorite quotes, that's what makes people mean and difficult. People don't care enough about them. Shouldn't everybody care about everybody else? Love Love of a buck more important than love of man. There are so many themes and metaphors the listener is encouraged to explore. Hi, Google. (laughs) Suggest vcestudyguides.com. A few of the metaphors, birds, hooks, the river, gloves, windbreaker. I feel like we talked on mm-hmm. a lot of those. We're um, so good at this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we are film experts. <laughs> Trivia. At the hearing, Slim gives his name as Malden Skol- Skolovich, which is Carl Marden, Father Barry's real name. On the waterfront was Leonard Bernstein's only film score other than musicals. Because he does West Side Story, which I meant to... Oh. Talk about when Catherine, like, referenced that, because I was totally getting, like, West Side Story uh-huh. feelings. It's just because it's his music. Um, Eva Marie Saint, perhaps best known in North- by Northwest, turned 99 on July 4th. 
Oh, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Eva. And the last one is Jill. I'd seen this film a long time ago and don't remember liking it very much, but for some reason this time I enjoyed it more. Marlon Brando is so good. A great message of standing against corruption, even when it seems impossible. Love the classic could have been a contender instead of a bum quote, and the final scene of Terry walking by himself to the dock. What an ending. Mm, so good. Just what I am. Ugh. <laughs> Alright, is it time? It's time to leave us a cannoli question to answer. <laughs> it's time to... You know that famous quote. <laughs> Leave the gun and take the cannoli. Are you D and D or are you a canary? Just kidding. <laughs> what role? Definitely D and D. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> what role in the mob would you have? Not the money guy. Not Charlie. Not Charlie. And I wouldn't be a. You wouldn't be the muscle end. I'd be the boss. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Friendly, you are, because that's how we're going to take the picture. Oh, good. No, I really... I would be one of the dock workers that's just being beat up Bullied. <laughs> so not not answering the question, not a part of the mob. I'm not part of the mob. No, I'd be Terry that'd be, like, like kind of in, but, mm-hmm. like, awkward about it. and Calling people out just to see them. I just... Oh, that part at the beginning is so heartbreaking, because you can just tell he's like, He Wait, had no idea yeah. what was going to happen. Oh, so sad. So good. Hmm, I already know the answer to this, but what animal would you care for on your rooftop? Oh, a little bat! Oh, I'm so cool! Many bats! That's true, but I just thought of one. (laughs) Oh my gosh, little bat boxes everywhere! Oh my gosh. My children! You gotta move to New Jersey. Uh, Because that's where the bats are. (laughs) You can only take care of bats on roofs in New Jersey. (laughs) Okay, would you rather tend pigeons, go drinking, or go dancing at a random wedding with young Marlon Brando. Dancing. <laughs> it was the obvious choice, but okay. <laughs> is that what you would think? Oh, yeah. Because Marlon is a great dancer. Mm. Okay, so would you rather tend pigeons or go drinking then? Go drinking. Yeah. <laughs> no pigeons allowed. Mm, pigeons are kind of dirty. I would rather go drinking than more fun. <laughs> what article of clothing do you want Marlon to wear of oh! yours? <laughs> Instead of a glove. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that scene so much. Ooh, probably one of my hats that I got from Florida. Your Disney hat. My Dracula hat. Oh. <laughs> he would look so good in it. <laughs> Except it would be so small. I feel like his head is huge. Yeah. He'd just have to rest it on top. <laughs> um, what should be if being a contender was not the famous quote? What should be the famous quote from this movie? Definitely. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> I know, like, you never hear about that, but it's so funny. (laughs) I think it's because, like, he does say it throughout, and I wouldn't have picked up on it without you, like, saying something about it. But it's just because the pacing of the time that he's, like, talking about, hey, you shouldn't be dating, or you shouldn't be seen with this girl. Mm -hmm. It's, like, so out of nowhere and so loud. Because he's so in the background, too. And he hasn't said a word since. Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. It seems like he's, like... From so far away to, like, yes, I'm in on this conversation. <laughs> what sound from your life would, like, be the cover for... Ooh, for deep would, conversations. Yeah, take... Would cover up. Ooh. I would say the steam whistle from the stupid Mark Twain <laughs> riverboat. <laughs> but now... 
I feel like just like freeway sounds are mm-hmm. pretty close by. Mm-hmm. Like a like a really loud revving engine that's so annoying, like oh a motorcycle gosh. or yeah. something. A dirt bike. Yeah. What rooftop hobby will you now be embarking upon? Hmm. Well, that box is. <laughs> that box is. Singing opera. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Please do that. Oh. It's like Francine with her drums, but. <laughs> the building's collapsing. <laughs> Which is the worst way to die? Being pushed off a roof or crushed by crates of some product that you love? <laughs> And if you pick the crates, what product would crush you? Well, I think there's more ways to die that were done in this. Like. Being hooked? I think, yeah. I think he was shot. Uh, yeah, he hooked, was shot. So, not as exciting. <laughs> being pushed off a roof. I think I would choose being pushed off a roof. Oh, I would not. Oh, I would hate that so much. I'd rather be crushed. I would rather die and, like, because, I don't know, sometimes I'm like, what would it feel like to fall off a I roof? I know. You have those thoughts often and I don't <laughs> understand them. <laughs> I, not that you, (laughs) (laughs) that made it sound a lot darker than it was. Just why I hate. Free falling. Yeah. That you think it would be peaceful and I think I would be in. Not peaceful, exciting. I just feel like. And then you're just like, oh, I'm going to die. Cool. But like when you're crushed, you're, it's like over so fast. Could be. But it also could be not for a roof too, depending on how high it is. Or, like, where you land. And product that I love. Ooh, what if it was pillows? <laughs> <laughs> Got around it. <laughs> Got ya. <laughs> um, what product do I love? Pins. Rest in peace. Oh. <laughs> so many pins <laughs> to crush me. <laughs> then I would come, like, <laughs> <laughs> over my dead body. <laughs> would you ever name names on anyone in the Godfather film? Mm. Maybe it would depend on who it was. Carlo? Oh, yeah, Carlo's the worst. See, I would say Sonny, but when he... Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> no! We are oh, loyal nice. to the family! <laughs> Don't name names to our family. I feel like if I was involved, I would just want to know as little as possible. Yeah, D&D. D&D. But, I don't know. I would like to think I would have a moral compass. <laughs> No, because then they'd get your brother. Well, you don't have a brother. <laughs> they'd get one of your sisters ah! from Italy. Oh, no! Who'd sit there and have no idea what's going on. <laughs> what animals would you have to take care of if a loved one left them for you? So I answer this, but you and me too. A dog. <laughs> well, I guess I didn't really answer this. A loved one left me bats. <laughs> dog. I would take care of Jasper I would take forever. care of most animals, I feel like. Except for cats. What would you do if someone left you? Give them to Sarah. <laughs> Ooh, better performance Vito or Terry. Whoa. That's not fair. I think Vito was more transformative. Like, just, mm-hmm. and so unexpected for him. Mm-hmm. And so, like, his voice is totally different. And he looks His totally mannerisms, different. yes. Uh-huh, he just becomes this but totally different But Terry character. changes the acting world. <laughs> right, but t- Terry walks so Vito could run. Oh, couldn't put it better myself. <laughs> oh, what group of non-mammalian animals would you raise? This is everyone's favorite. Bats are the only mammals with true flight, so you can't pick them. Dang it! Oh, I can't pick bats. I was like, the birds are not mammals. <laughs> <laughs> birds are mammals. <laughs> I want parrots. Ooh, I've been getting so many parrot videos recently. They're so funny. <laughs> 
you know that I'm gonna, the Animal Kingdom will come tell you not I to get a pet. The entirety of Animal Kingdom. That the videos are only moments in a painful, painful <laughs> existence. <laughs> I, I'm sorry people are not gonna like this, but I... I would like to raise little snakes. Oh, they'd be so Aww. cute. Just like little ones. Not mean ones. Not ones that can hurt you. Snakes are nice. They are. If Vito said the line, boy, what a fruitcake you are, <laughs> in The Godfather, who would he be referring to? Fredo. Uh, would he be? Because he doesn't ever really, like, put Fredo down. Fredo. He just ignores him. <laughs> in the room. Oh. <laughs> can you imagine him saying to Fredo, <laughs> boy, <laughs> what a fruitcake you are. <laughs> I feel like he wouldn't say it to Salazzo because he res- he respects Salazzo. He'd say it to Sonny because he mm, he yeah. would mm-hmm. when he comes in and he backhands he calls the comp- him out. Yeah, or to um, Johnny Fontaine. Johnny Fontaine. Yeah. Uh, do you oh. prefer Young Marlon as the person who brings down the mob or Marlon who runs the mob? Ooh. <sighs> I mean, Marlon who runs the mob, <laughs> but Terry is so good too. So close to my heart. I don't know. It's just interesting how Vito. Is so different from Johnny Friendly. Yeah. Like, he's just so much classier, and it's not like he's oppressing people. He's mm-hmm. just using his advantages to... His influence. The Godfather's just so interesting because it it's not just, like, purely evil. Like, Mar- or Vito has this, like, very specific sense of justice. Mm-hmm. And not saying that it's morally correct, but it also just comes out of a... I think it's really explored in the second movie of just, like, when the law stops short of protecting mm-hmm. people in mm-hmm. some ways. Not saying that vigilantism is a good thing or I promote it or whatnot, but I feel like it's just more complicated than here. It just feels so greedy and it's like so evil. Yes, like killing people, killing little boys to stay in are, power. Yeah, yeah, that threaten to talk to the police. Right, we only kill little boys if they kill our mob boss. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Nobody. Nobody is. Um. Need more clues. Yeah. I would say make a list of the films. <laughs> yeah, and look at all of the films. In conjunction with each other. A bird's eye view. <laughs> a pigeon. <laughs> oh, what a good movie. So glad that we watched it. Thanks for picking this film. It was de- delightful. I'm glad I could pick a good one. <laughs> <laughs> You've redeemed yourself. <laughs> was going my way my last one? Um, I think so. <laughs> that was Film Club. Um, with the Frank. <laughs> with the Frank? <laughs>